title topic is aligning customer success and sales. And I would imagine you kind of have a, a framework or kind of structure to how you think about that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 super hot right now. Um, I think you know one of the things that's been really uh, you know at the forefront, especially over the last couple of quarters here, is this concept of what we call durable growth. Um, because when you think about it, a couple of years ago, growth at all costs, right? We can go capture and pull in any revenue that we want, but durable growth is really about. How do I grow? How do we grow consistently? And how do I do it profitably um, and, and, and do that the right way? And it really requires great orchestration across your entire customer lifecycle. And, you know, I would, I would say, you know, the most fundamental aspect that, that when you think about kind of the intersection of customer success and sales, it just orientates itself on the concept of delivering value and outcomes. So for us at Gainsight, we've, we've created, you know, we, we have both a kind of a post-sales and a pre-sales process. Um, and we've got a very focused, what we call kind of the Gainsight human first value selling methodology. Um, we've leveraged force management. We've leveraged a couple other, you know, tools and techniques and, and, and tools out there to go build that. Um, but we've aligned this end to end process with what we call O2. And you have to have a fancy acronym and O2 short for operationalizing outcomes. And what this really means is every one of our sales processes starts with a value hypothesis. And so based on what we know, Based on, you know, the, 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 the other evidence uh, we have in existing customers of value, every one of the reps has to determine, like, look, here's the outcome that I expect to drive. Um, and, you know, value is really built on a number of different things. It's, it's, it's what do I think that outcome is? How do I measure it? What's a rational metric for that? What's an appropriate timeline? Putting all that stuff together, reps build that value hypothesis. <clears throat> that value hypothesis turns into a success plan. Actually, automatically in Gainsight. So for us, we use Salesforce. That moves from Salesforce into a success plan, and that goes into our adoption team, who's focused on all right. Here's the outcome that we sold. Here's what we're trying to go deliver. We're going to put the right workflows and processes in place to go enable that outcome, and then our customer success team is accountable for driving that outcome. And when they achieve that, we call it a VO, a verified outcome. And this turns into a great flywheel because. Every one of those VOs then can feed back into the sales team, either as something we can use in another similar customer, or, you know, when you think about it, once I've driven that level of adoption, customers on board, they've seen that first value moment. There's this great thing we call customer success SQLs, where we find opportunities for cross-sell for expansion within the account, just based on driving that verified outcome. But having that framework, that, that O2 framework, it's, it's critical because you need that common language because you've got a, you know, broad set of customer needs. You've got all these different and extensive product capabilities. How do you actually attribute success to Gainsight and to the solution that you're bringing to market? And how do you prevent the, you know, like a lot of our, you know, general speak in the market, I've seen it a number of different times. Customers go in, they buy something. Then the post-sales team comes in and says, okay, what do you want to do? And they're like, well, wait, we just spent the last six or nine months with your sales team or the SC team or this or that. And then the post sales comes in and they've got a different set of templates and a different set of onboarding tools. And it's like, wait a second, like I just lost all that time. So having that framework is absolutely critical for us. Awesome. And then how, how do you incent around that? Yeah. So it's, it's great call. One for, for our CS team, they actually have a compensation component that's tied to number of verified outcomes. So they are heavily driven towards ensuring that whatever that outcome is, we actually go achieve it and it goes back into our verified outcome database. 
to ensure that that you know that, that customer is getting value because ultimately again it's it's about value. Sales organization for us, um, you know, fairly standard kind of compensation plan for the reps in terms of overall bookings, but there's a number of different things that we've put in there uh, in terms of driving both longer term deals and deals that demonstrate that they're using more of the platform so that you know we can bring as much value to the customer as possible. Awesome. Very cool. So um, moving on, uh, what about uh, advice for people breaking into tech sales? Maybe name uh, one thing. Advice for people breaking into tech sales. Um, I, you know, I'd say just what I talked about there for a moment um, is you got to bring value and passion. And you know, what's awesome about Gainsight is it's around driving outcomes. So it's a product that I can be passionate about because it's something that from my early professional services days back at Sun, it was really, really important to me. So whatever you do, be that expert. And and you know, this is an old line. I forget where it came from. I think it was maybe one of the challenger things. Be the not doctor, not the drugstore, right? You know, your your customer goes to a drugstore when they've got a headache, they know they need a Tylenol. But when they don't know how to go solve that problem, they go to the doctor. And your ability to go do that and really be an expert within your domain and within your space, absolutely key. And then next, what about advice for those recent sales? Um, Learn how to use ChatGPT. Uh, I don't mean mean flipping about that, but I do think uh, if you look at where the industry is going, just understanding the impact of these new technologies on these roles, absolutely critical. Like you gotta gotta understand how to use it because you are going to be impacted uh, in some form or fashion. And then, I mean, the other thing I'd say, like, again, it's to be a common theme. Go back on, on where you can go drive value for customers. And if you can focus on that, you're going to prove your weight in gold. Awesome. Really, really cool. And then uh, we've certainly, you know, b- b- back in the day when I had uh, operating jobs, we hit, you know, it was sales ops. Now it's really rev ops. It really does, you know, it does so much more. Um, what are any of your kind of, uh, I don't know if allowed to say favorites or kind of t- tools, obviously, obviously gain sight. But um, any others that you're uh, passionate about? Yeah. So um, for us, we, you know, Gainsight, our Gainsight and Gainsight instance is absolutely critical um, for a number of different factors for the team. The other one that I'll talk about for a moment is is we've launched what I what I affectionately call Air Dashboards, so activities, indicators, and results. And that's really understanding how you can go drive a run of the business and map those ultimate bookings all the way down to what are the day-to-day activities that whether it be an SDR or a rep or some person in the organization need to go execute. One of the things that we use to help go drive that is Atrium. Um, so Atrium is a great tool. So, and so, so Pete, who's the CEO over there um, and, and, and also runs uh, Modern Sales Pro is like, you know, great guy, great tool, gives me really interesting visibility into everything from activities. And so you look at what happened over the last couple of quarters with a massive shift in the tech market space, Atrium can pick it up in terms of rep activities. You can kind of see what segments are being impacted, how and when they're being impacted. So it's really, really key to get those analytics and, and drive it into action. Awesome. Cool. And then I think your uh, tech stack is also kind of gone, Clary, six cents. Yep. Got, got all of those Salesforce, um, you know, fairly probably standard, but very, <laughs> very uh, tech stack like most CROs out there. Cool. All right. Well, Gong's the sponsor sales community. So I'll let, let you uh, give them a shout out. Uh, kind of what, what you think, how they're helping you. Yeah. I mean, we leverage them. I mean, an- another great example for Gong, uh, especially in light of what's happened in the market recently is sentiment analysis. 
So we started looking at you know keywording certain things that came up in our sales calls like recession, you know, you know, economic uncertainty, things like that. And you can start keying off of that and see when what we're seeing now, you know, impact certain segments and then how to respond to that. The other awesome thing about Gong that I would call out, one of the sales um, tools that we've put in place along the lines of, uh, you know, in our value selling processes around trap setting questions. And when you think about getting your sales team on board with exhibiting a new behavior, you've got to, you know, show that behavior working. We've been able to go back and look at calls where our reps are leveraging some of these new techniques and then show that they have a higher close rate. Like, I mean, a very marked different in close rate when you're using the tactics and the tools that we put into place. So another another great pitch for, for you know, tool like Gong there. Awesome. You, you said there was trap selling questions or what was it? Trap setting questions. Um, so it's a force management concept. Okay. And really what it's about is like when, when you're out there engaged with prospect and you are trying to differentiate, how do we do something better? Well, you need to differentiate against someone else. And so it's not necessarily about... Let me call it the competition and say that they're poor at this, but it's asking a question where it's like, you know, do you need a complex, you know, multi-product model to support your business? Something like that. And, and, and the reality is certain competitors can't go do that. So you're asking a question where they're digging into their requirements and surfacing a requirement that is going to disqualify your competition. So they're trap setting questions. Wow. Very cool. An amazing thing back, you know, 10 years ago, I say you had the, you know, LinkedIn and Salesforce was a big deal. Now all this stuff that's available, it's, uh, you know, almost, almost like cheating. Yeah. So now you're in the catbird seat of the sales tech stack space. So, you know, look down the road, kind of, you know, five, 10 years, any uh, bold predictions? You know, there's, there, there's definitely going to be some consolidation um, and definitely consolidation driven on what's going on in the economy right now. But I think, you know, you have these buckets that are, that have been historically separate and are starting to come together. Great example. Um, and not that I'm predicting anything here. So, so don't read it, but, but think about customer marketing and what your marketing team does with Marketo. And, and I talked earlier on based on things, Tim's question around understanding your core ICP. Well, who knows better about what's happening in your customer base than Gainsight? Right. So how do you align the data between marketing and customer success to ensure that you're doing the appropriate account-based marketing, the appropriate targeting, hitting people at the right moment with the right call to action? So you know, I, I definitely see all these spheres coming together. And, and I've seen it more now, even with you know, CS and sales, because you know, eight years ago, it was you know, customer success was something you needed when okay, I'm starting to lose some customers. I've got a leaky bucket. So I just got to work on showing that up. But in very short order, you recognize you have to get proactive. You have to go out there aggressively and CS is a great enabler to do that. So I just think the merging of the entire customer lifecycle and the data analytics around it, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it'd be, be uh, interesting to think about um, kind of how the ERP vendors, we had Informix, Sybase, PeopleSoft, and it kind of basically blended <laughs> Gong, I'm sorry, you blend it into an Oracle and an SAP, being kind of almost see the same thing where they're kind of maybe there's a, a gain site and a gong and everybody else basically gets gobbled up or goes away. But you know, who, who knows? I won't, I won't ask you to comment. But obviously, gain site, yes, would be a, a monster yes. in, in that space. You can, you can agree with that. 100%. Um, and then what on the training side? Because that's certainly you've got, you know, kind of early in career sellers, you got later in career sellers. So are there anything special that you do there, you know, leveraging uh, internal uh, resources or external? I think you mentioned force before. 
Yeah, I mean, so I'll give a shout out to Kelly Jarrett, who runs our, our enablement and ops team now. So, so she's Kelly. And, and is, yeah, yeah. So she's built out a just an amazing uh, foundational enablement program. And it's a number of different factors from, you know, we do weekly sales scoop calls, we've got sales academy sessions on a monthly basis. And just having a, a just a consistent muscle for the appropriate content, <clears throat> getting into a centralized spot. Excuse me, getting an engagement with the organization. <laughs> it's been, um, it's just been a great process that she's built into play to ensure that we not only have a, an onboarding routine, because look, the first thing you do when you set up enablement is like, how do I get reps onboarded and ramped? But then you realize it's a continual ramp because I'm asking them to do very different stuff this year than I was last year, than I was the year before. As we shift more product, the market changes. So using that foundation to now just being an ongoing mechanism to give people, you know, the latest and greatest in terms of tool strategies and tips to, to go out there and crush it. Awesome. Very, very cool. And uh, what about any uh, one or two examples of sales leaders that you respect? You know, um, when you go across, I, I mean, I, I, I call out some on my own team. Um, I mean, you, you know, you know, Jim, you know, Murph, who's, who's our America, um, you know, great guy who's worked his way up from, you know, from rep and you know, one of our strategic reps all the way to running, you know, the, the Americas for me. Um, you know, Kev, who runs my European business, great example of somebody that's come on board, built something from the ground up. Um, and it's really important, like you know, we talk about culture already, but just the culture he's built around the Gainsight team and the esprit de corps for the European team has been key. So I'll call my own leaders. Like if I look historically, I mean, yeah, you've got like, you know, John McMahon from PTC and some kind of the early sales leaders and, and, and all those, those different methodologies and kind of values that they've, they've espoused. Um, that's, that's definitely an area that I look to. I mean, the, the other, um, and, and this probably goes back to the, the, the first value selling methodology that I actually really subscribed to was Challenger, um, Challenger sale, Challenger customer. Um, and then more recently, so, so, you know, Matt Dixon wrote the Jolt Effect. Um, we had him at our kickoff. Uh, I'm sure you've probably read the Jolt Effect. Just, just great book and you know great focus on you know how do you there you go I love it I mean it, but but things evolve and adapt and you have to evolve and adapt and thinking right. about how do I de-risk this buying process instead of doing the same thing that I'm always doing which is we've got a really good ROI I'll go back and look at ROI I'll throw I'll throw you more data around that ROI as opposed to how do I reduce that risk because let's face it customers buy when they have confidence in themselves not necessarily just you totally awesome. Uh, last question. Uh, any advice you would give your younger self? Looks like, um, like you've met, mastered everything, family, work, your interests, everything else. So that might be. No, um, I, I mean, look, there, there's, 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 there's probably a lot that I would give, give, give myself I and mean, not taking yourself too seriously. Um, you know, balance, balance is really key. Um, you know, don't, don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today. And you can think about that in terms of your career, but you can also think about it in terms of your family and your life. And, and this is where, you know, human first becomes, you know, incredibly, incredibly important. Um, I had a very dear friend, um, fellow CRO, uh, passed away unexpectedly about eight weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you look at the stress that, that all of us are under in tech in this industry. Um, and, you know, and it really, you know, it, it hits. It is home and it makes you kind of think like, why are we doing this? And ensuring that everything you do is has, has some sense of purpose 
to what your greater good is. You know, really, really key to keep a focus on that because I have my moments, and I think we all do, where you get so heads down and you kind of forget about that, um, and then you realize, man, that is that is super important. Awesome, very cool. Well, you've been uh, amazing guest, super impressive, and uh, it's great to say I knew I knew you way back when, but uh, you're, you're on an amazing track and uh, future somehow can only get brighter. So very, very cool. So uh, thanks for that. Um, So coming up next week, uh, episode 126, we have Mark Stevenson. His topic is going to be go-to-market alignment, one team, one go-to-market for efficiency and leverage. And then uh, Monday, May 22nd, we got the legendary Tom Mendoza, who was early on at uh, leader at NetApp, eventually vice chairman, and a whole bunch, now a whole bunch of great boards. Uh, West Point and others have him come talk on uh, leadership and culture, so I know he'll be great. And then that um, college uh, in South Bend has uh, his name his name on their uh, business school as well. So. Um, thanks to Convertive for sponsoring. Uh, for those uh, that are not members of sales community, feel free to uh, join. And those that are, thanks. And uh, most importantly, Jeff, uh, wish you uh, best continued success at uh, Gainsight. Awesome, Randy. Great time with you.